When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. everyone welcome to Hugh at home I'm Tracy Koga it's official January is done we've dodged the bullet of Winnipeg's coldest month now it's on to February the month for love so we'll chat with Linda Dristowicz and she'll tell us more about a different kind of puppy love and Rain Hamilton will talk about her brand new single Brave Land a true testament of love to our country Canada but right now we do an interview switcheroo I get to be a guest on Matt Kendall's podcast show, and we'll get a behind-the-scenes look of I Like You. Okay, it's a sound-off show. It's Matt Kendall. This time I'm joined by Tracy Koga from ILikeYou.com. Tracy joins us from Winnipeg. Hi, Tracy. Hello. Good morning. Great. And full disclosure, we work together on your podcast, and uh, we get a chance to uh, get together not as often, I think, as we like. Over the last year, it's been difficult. And I've been meaning to bring you on just to talk about some of the things that you do and that you've been doing for many, many years. But take me back when I first got to Winnipeg, mm-hmm. um, which was like 2006-ish, you were somebody who would be who'd frequent my TV screen and you were working, uh, I believe, on my television. So tell us what you were doing back then. <laughs> well, yes, I was working for Shaw TV and we were the community-based uh, station, so very much in the community telling all the good news stories. So nothing ever controversial, political or derogatory or any sense like that. So um, that was the beauty of the job and certainly meeting so many different people from all walks of life. So it was a lot of fun. When did you first know you wanted to get into television? (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) Um, It was a little prompting from my mom who's actually volunteering when it was then Vidion. And she said, you know, it's kind of interesting. She was just doing behind the scenes production for a little uh, school show, educational show. So she said, there's another show and they're looking for a reporter. So I had just recently retired from the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. And I thought, well, I'll give this a try, you know. And uh, lo and behold, uh, the producers were awesome. And I spent probably the next, uh, wow, good portion, 10 years, like behind the scenes being mentored by so many super experienced people uh, that gave me a a better view, I think, uh, moving forward in my career to really have a better grasp on all aspects of the production, not only in front of the camera, but also behind the camera. And who were some of those mentors? Because I don't think anybody becomes successful at broadcasting without having a few of them along the way, 
to hold our hands and to maybe push us back in the line and or to get us thinking who were some of those mentors along the way oh gosh uh, well you know what the the people obviously at Vidion because they were the beginnings of uh, of my career and taught me all the values obviously about volunteering and having a lot of patience but um uh, Marv Thiessen, uh, the great Marv Thiessen, who uh, passed away uh, a, a few years, probably many years ago, um, was a dear soul and and uh, very nurturing and, and uh, very supportive. And all of my teammates, as, as I kind of called them and, and got to know them, my cameramen, um, producers, comes to mind Jim McGregor, of course, uh, cameramen, um, so many, John Camshen, uh, and uh, Michael Grant, and I would be really bad because there's so many to list now, Matt, because <laughs> I, I spent a lot of years. <laughs> and I think it's once you get past like five, you're then in the weeds and it's yeah, leaving yeah. people out. Well, and you know, and I have to give kudos to my Shaw TV. So Vidion then uh, took over and bought out Shaw. So some of my teammates I got to come full circle with and uh, like just most recently, all of the the team that when we all kind of left in 2018, um, there's so many, but uh, Jeff Bromley, John McClure, uh, Michael Byfield, Michael Grant, uh, you know, there's just so many that come to mind and, and all of the uh, producers too as well. So yeah, they were all, we were all family. Tell me about Winnipeg and how you would describe it to, you know, in compared to, you know, other North American cities. <laughs> well, you know what, Matt, I have to, be really honest, this is the only place I've ever lived in. So born, raised, and here I am. <laughs> Although I've traveled a lot. So having said that, I mean, you know, the big cities like Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal, like they're totally amazing. And uh, when I'm there, I'm kind of thinking, wow, would it be ever cool to work here because there's so much happening. But to be truthfully um, honest, Winnipeg is very unique. Uh, in, it, in itself, that we are small, but we play on the big world stage, so to speak. Uh, we have entertainers that are world renowned. Uh, we have politicians and celebrities that have done amazing things. So, you know, you don't have to stray very far from your own backyard to get the good stories. What were your favorite stories when you were working at Shaw? What was the one type of story that you're like, I love doing this. This makes it all worthwhile every day. Well, the big part of it, Matt, uh, at Shaw, I had or we had a, a very, very long leash, so to speak. Uh, the beauty of it is pretty much we could do whatever story we wanted. So that, that was number one. There's no question. Um, and of course, number two, you had to have a good eye for a story. So there's so many that come to mind. But I guess some of the opportunities that I was very fortunate to have while working with Shaw TV was one, going to Israel and doing a whole uh, documentary on Winnipeggers that have been living in Israel and uh, learning about their culture and the whole reason of they, they're staying in Israel um, and uh, Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. And then as well, going up to Churchill and documenting the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra for the first time going up north and bringing symphonic music to that northern community. And it was a, an interesting time because they were in relations with Russia. Uh, um, people might remember doing the, the great uh, transport 
seaport between Churchill and Russia. So we had the dignitaries from Russia there and it was just amazing. And the town of Churchill was just incredible. So those are just a few of the things. And then I guess lastly, uh, sitting down at a table with uh, President Jimmy Carter. He was here for Habitat for Humanity, their anniversary and uh, wow, he's quite, quite the man. And so is his wife. Yeah, and and uh, recently, by the way, CNN had a great documentary. I, I didn't know about his uh, affinity for the Allman Brothers and his relationship <laughs> with rock and roll music. So it's incredible all the things we learned. Because, I mean, if you look back historically, he had four tumultuous years, which featured mm -hmm. gas lineups and uh, the Iran hostage uh, affair. And it just, it was all bad news every day. But, you know, here he is afterwards as just th this this man who's, you know, Habitat for Humanity, he came up here and I, I believe he had to spend a couple of days in the hospital just to, you know, because I think he got, he overworked himself in the Winnipeg weather. Yes. Like at the time he was 92 and he was out front sawing and hammering. And it was when we were going through that incredible heat wave. And yes, he did uh, succumb to some heat uh, exposure. But uh, he, first thing he says is, oh, I was so impressed with all of your uh, hospital care and Medicare and <laughs> so it was pretty cool. I want to talk about two of the transformations that you made. And one of them was, was, you know, moving out of, you know, conventional television and working into uh, the internet space. And this is, I mean, look at what we're doing now. I mean, this is pretty mm -hmm. fantastic to think. I mean, obviously looking at you and looking at me, one of us has a, has obviously an eye for, for putting together a, a set and a backdrop. Uh, and well, you know, probably you know, some some makeup and, and better with appearance because you you are quite there. And I'm thank you by the way for for that side shot of of the set you've got. Um, it, it looks fantastic, and yeah. and all the work that you put into I Like You. So so tell me how ILikeYou.com came together and what it's all about. Well, to put it in a nutshell, it was a continuation of what I had been doing before Shaw TV kind of changed their mandate. And I just felt that there was still a deep niche and a deep kind of hole left where we were pretty much the, the people that were filling that hole with the great community stories. So I really wanted to do something uh, like that, but also knew that we were going to be online, Matt, too. So I know we had this conversation that, you know, we can't be totally specific to Winnipeg. And then with this pandemic, I hate to say it because it's been overused and whatever, but we're all in this together. It kind of changed the whole dimension of what we were doing. And so now we have um, developed a new show called Hue at Home, which is definitely virtual now, but hence the set. Hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, maybe in the you know, next month, we might be able to have a live guest here and do a combination of virtual like what we're doing now and then with a live guest and still continuing the conversations. And that obviously led me to you uh, with all of your podcast and radio experience, um, the beauty, of, I guess, of just listening, because that's really something that we've all lost, I think, is just simply listening. Yeah, and I was so glad that you reached out to me to 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 become involved with podcasts. So, so for those who know me and what I do, and uh, Tra Tracy does the opposite of what I do. She's first and foremost, obviously very visual. Um, you've been doing stuff on Zoom. Uh, you've got a YouTube channel. And as well, you wanted to incorporate some podcasts so that people could listen 
while they were on the go. I've, I've been the reverse. I've been working solely in audio. And just recently in the pandemic, have I taken this the video thing uh, a little more seriously mm-hmm. uh, by having the conversations here? And then I'll take the conversation and then I will put it on the podcast. So I know a lot of people want to do both and, and, and you know, go gangbusters. But, you know, we're in, a, we're in a live scenario. And by the way, if anybody has a question or wants to comment, they can do so right now on Facebook. We'll be happy to uh, to address it. But yeah, the experience is they're two different ways to consume really the same thing. And uh, and, you know, you, you've obviously done a great job with your set and and becoming visual. Tell me a little bit about some of the guests that you bring on your show. I think you're going you're going to be going live today at 1130. Mm-hmm. So what do you got coming up today and what are some oh. you can expect? Well, you know what? Uh, when we when I first approached you, right, we were an all female kind of talk show and we still predominantly are. But um we really want to tackle the issues uh, from a different point of view, I guess. And today uh, we're going to be talking about virtual harassment. So it is actually involving very much something like we are doing right now. Um, sadly enough, a local teacher was harassed in her own virtual classroom. Believe it or not, some uninvited students got the link and uh, they entered the classroom and uh, started yelling and shouting terrible things at the teacher. And she broke down in tears and she left her classroom. This is, I have never heard of anything like this. And, you know, I need to ask, you know, a little bit more, have a little bit more tech savvy on all of this because we're all in Zooms, we're all in webinars or whatever. And we think that that we're safe, but apparently we're not. So this is a whole new wave of, I don't know what you want to call it, but virtual harassment. So we're going to all tackle that. We don't know much about it, but um, obviously we've had talks throughout the t- pandemic and, and looking at uh, listening to all of our podcasts, which is kind of int- nice too, is how we've all kind of grown through all of this and uh, the information and the stories we've shared. Um, we've had breakdown cries with people that have talked about their own personal um, abuse and the emotions and uh, of course mental health is a huge issue so we've had more women share their stories on how they're not coping and you know then at the end they say just by sharing their story they feel better and um, it's all these little things that you find a silver lining not only in the pandemic that we're living in but also um, for speaking for listening and having a platform i think for people to share their stories, which is really important to me. You touched a little bit on on the pandemic, and you know when it hit, here you are with the with, with the company. It's a little bit beyond obviously a startup at this point because you've been going for so long. But oh no, you you want to shift at home. And you know, by the way, for those who don't know, I mean Tracy was doing these shows out in the community in various you know places. At one point, you were looking at doing one in in, in a mall making it more public, making it more accessible. And then along comes this pandemic and kind of throws water all over those plans. How have you coped? <laughs> well, obviously, uh, moving it home. Um, yeah, I and I don't know, Matt, like how thing, things will be different. It, I don't think that there will be the big crowds to see a show or anything like that, so to speak. Um, but who knows? I could be wrong. So it's like always pivoting. And I think having access to great tech technology and having, you know, 
great mentors and people to kind of share their knowledge. That is how it's kind of guided me to where I am right now. And I don't necessarily want to stay like this, of course. But yeah, I, yeah, it's interesting. I, um, I think right now we'll ride the course. We're all kind of at the beg and mercy of our premier and the province and how well we do in this pandemic. But I really do definitely think there's going to be a shift in the industry that we're in. Good. Well, I'm very excited today coming up. I also want to let you go because in 45 minutes, you've got your show to do. So I want to thank you for taking time before your show to uh, to jump on this one and to give everybody an update on, on what you're doing and how you're handling it. And uh, I like you.com for, for everything involving Tracy. Thank you very much for being here today. Oh, thank you, Matt. always good to welcome back an artist that I have met uh, actually when probably you released your first album, correct, Rain? So it's That's so nice great. to see you again uh, in your kitchen. Yes, thank you. Yes, and I love the plants. That's great. You obviously have a great green thumb. Well, thank you. I think like the sun really uh, is the one to credit here. <laughs> yes, and uh, you, through all of this, like I'm going to say, uh, quite a few artists now have taken COVID, the pandemic, and just, you know, wrapped your arms around it and somehow, you know, managed to produce and create music. And uh, again, you are a perfect success story. So congratulations on a new album and a new single, I believe. That's, well, thank you. That's so kind of you to say. And uh, yeah, we do have a new album uh, coming out and a release plan where we're going to release the singles slowly over the course of a year. And so just uh, this past week, the first single, Brave Land, has been released. And it is just the best feeling to know that that is out there in the world. (laughs) And so tell us a little bit about the process for this album, Rain. It's kind of going to have a slow release, so to speak. That's right. So... Part of the silver lining of all of the adjustment that the pandemic has required is that we can rethink uh, the ways that we do things. And also, without the um, limitations in place or the requirements in place of like typical life, uh, we are, can get more creative in the way that we release things. So, for example, the traditional music industry model would have single releases paired with touring. Well, if touring is not available, what do we pair the release with? And it just frees us up to use that as a tool in a different way. And I'm really enjoying that part of the process. And so that's where this idea of being able to really offer those 
in a very intentional way uh, throughout the year comes from, and that's what we're going to do. Oh, that sounds so perfect because we are starving for music, and I think we've all kind of adjusted now to this virtual platform. But for you yourself, I mean, we were talking, and the last time we met was in 2015, and just you know, stepping out into the whole music scene, and now you've you've found such great success. Uh, you well, won awards. You. You've played at festivals now. How has the Rain Hamilton 2021 compared to the Rain Hamilton of 2015? Well, I've really been taking perspective on that a lot. Uh, this is my third album now that's in the process of being re released. And it has been like just like a really cool nostalgic feeling to look back and think like, wow, I have learned so much. And even though so much is unusual right now, I feel really proud of myself that I have learned skills within uh, my musicianship and my business skills that I'm able to roll with it in some kind of way at least. Uh, so that is feeling like strong and flexible in a cool way. Oh yeah, and you come from a great music background. So let's talk about the genres that you kind of, you know, gravitate to. Yeah. So I grew up in a really musical family. My parents were both in a rock and roll band in the 70s and uh, both really wonderful musicians and my dad also a really prolific songwriter. So I grew up in the culture of their music, like of the 70s, uh, and hearing my dad play all the time and write all the time, that was just kind of in the air of my household and my childhood. I also played violin from a young mm -hmm. age. I just knew that it was going to be important. I really was persistent about it, and uh, I'm very thankful to my parents that they followed through on that one. And I studied that for a long, long time. I studied that in university. Uh, also playing a lot of Celtic music and fiddle music of different traditions too as a kid uh, and into my teenage years. Uh, the classical tradition, I really got steeped in that through violin lessons and through studying music at university. And I got so into that and the study of that that I actually did a master's degree in medieval musicology. So I do have kind of like an unusual <laughs> knowledge niche about the medieval and sometimes that comes peeking out as well. So. All of these influences of like the singer-songwriter, rock, folk tradition from my parents, the fiddling, the classical, all of that uh, comes together and shows itself in the collection of these songs that, that will be released. Wow. And I guess it must give you quite a, um, a sense of freedom too, especially in this day, now rain that we're in, um, music comes so quickly electronically, you make a song, you post it right away. Um, do you find it liberating more so than ever to be a singer-songwriter, regardless of the circumstances that we're in right now? There's certainly freedom to that, right? Uh, these songs can reach anywhere. We have the technology and the tool for those to connect just anywhere. Uh, so there is a freedom to that. There's complication to that as well. As an artist, I have mixed feelings about it uh, because of who is able to control and who then is able to open what doors. So in a way, there's freedom and in a way there's also restriction to it. What I think is the beautiful freedom and the potential for connection like in this situation in the pandemic is that uh, I think people are willing to reach farther for that connection and for the art that is really going to satiate them. So I think we have an opportunity to connect like, just from farther flung places uh, and places that and connections that usually wouldn't happen in our day to day lives. Well, I guess we don't have to go far, though, if we want to see you. 
maybe not live, but let's get to the special performance that is coming out on February 5th at the West End Cultural Centre. Okay, wonderful. I am looking forward to this so much. Here's what we were thinking. As we were planning this year-long release, we were thinking like, wow, uh, this is going to be like a beautiful experience and I want to be so intentional in how I like offer these, but wow, it's a long time to wait. And if I was really keen and wanting to hear these songs, like I might feel like, oh, that's just going to be so long. So what we are going to do is offer a sneak peek performance where we're going to play uh, the songs of the album in this live show. February 5th, it's presented by the West End Cultural Center and Home Roots, which are two organizations that I love just so much. Uh, it's also going to be available and presented by many, many venues across Canada who have been promoting it with us. Uh, and anyone anywhere in the world can tune in and see that live. It's going to be curious to see exactly what that's going to look like. So we have many kind of like possible plans. It's like a very complicated flow chart uh, and we just don't have all the information yet about what exactly is allowed and what exactly is going to happen uh, but we are like prepared we're in a state of cat-like readiness <laughs> and one of many possibilities will for sure happen so anyone is just invited please to come check out that show uh, the ticket link is on my website rainhamilton.com that's rain with an e at the end and it's an honor and a joy to share these songs and preview them Okay, well, that's a great segue because you're going to have a little premiere here on Hewitt Home. So Let's do it. Yes. Uh, Rain, take it away. You can introduce the song and play us out. Okay, thank you. Uh, so coming to you live from my little kitchen corner here, I'm going to play the song that is our first single off the record. This is the title track. It is called Brave Land. And this song is about the experience of being alive, uh, which I describe as being connected on the earth, and connected in a spiritual way at once. And I think it is outstanding. <laughs> My name is Rain Hamilton, and this is Brave Land. Born a one day breathing, gifted these feet that walk the earth. And tread stepping lightly, the earth as our body and our see a green screen Call 
sliver of the moon waxing, waning and revealing all. And come now and dwell on my heart. Chase the soul from the darkest heart. Welcome back to Hugh at Home. Life Coach Linda Drostowicz now talks about puppy love. And yes, it can include those lovable puppies, but this time it also includes your business. Many of you might know that I just got a new puppy and he's amazing. He's so much fun, so much energy, but also a lot of trouble. You know, the classic pulling the toilet paper off the roll, biting, nipping, you know, jumping on the couch, the whole thing. But I wanted you to think about this. Just like you wouldn't rush your puppy to grow into a dog, a full-grown dog, you would enjoy that puppy stage even with all of the challenges because they're so cute and cuddly and you just, oh, you can't get enough of them. I want to invite you to think about your business or your goal that you're working towards the same way. You know, often we think things like it's not working fast enough. It's, you know, if only I was further ahead or it's it's not um, I'm not uh, the in the place that I want to be. And you're wishing away that the stage that you are in. So I want you to think about that. What do you love about your business right now? About the stage you're in, can you list 10 things or even three things that you love right now about where you are? It's a very powerful exercise because one of the things that creates success in our businesses or in our lives is loving the place we're in right now and being aware that, you know, 
two years from now, one year from now, six months from now, we're going to look back on this time and be amazed at where we were and the work that we were doing and look back fondly at this time, just as you would look back fondly at your puppy when they are an adult dog. So I want you to think about how you can really um, just ground yourself and see that the process that you're going through right now with all of its struggles and challenges and frustrations are a beautiful part. And don't mistake that in the future, when you're thinking of your future and you're thinking of your goal, that it's going to be without these frustrations and challenges. Because every time we get to the next level, there's new challenges and there's new frustrations and there's new uh, problems to solve. So be here right now. Love the spot you're in. Love the stage you're in, the process, and really embrace the journey that you are on right now. We want to give a big thank you to all of our guests on today's show and leave you with this question. Who was your first true love and where did you meet? We want to know, so send us an email to hello at ilikehugh.com or you can Facebook or Instagram us at ilikehugh. And don't forget, all of our podcasts are on the Hugh Crew. So for now, stay safe and healthy, and we'll see you next time on Hugh at Home. listening. This has been a production of ilikeq.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain but also educate and empower. Every week I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.